Our first uh, scripture reading is from the book of Colossians, Paul's uh, words there in chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. Listen to this portion of God's word. Paul writes, for this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not ceased praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him as you bear fruit in every good work and as you grow in the knowledge of God. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So uh, growing up in, uh, in, in our house, um, the Christmas tree, like a lot of you, I'm sure, was the place where all the presents were kind of piled up underneath it. And my parents were a lot like God in the Garden of Eden because they would say to me, on that day that you touch that tree, you shall surely die. <laughs> well, uh, green is a big part of uh, Christmas. You notice there are lots of colors here in this room, including the color green. What I hope you don't see is some kind of barren, drab, wilting advent wreath or a chrismon tree here because, because Jesus came to make us forever green and everlasting. But when we look at the Christmas tree in our homes or like the one behind me, we are reminded of a man who came and gave his life on a tree for us to fill us with his light and life and love. In fact, it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, Jesus bore our sins on the tree. And even as those pine needles sort of sting our hands, that also reminds us of how Jesus' hands were pierced with nails. Now, when we were children, we looked at our tree and it kind of made a statement that, gosh, there is someone who loves me enough to put a gift with my name on, on it under the tree. But now, as we grow in faith and maturity and stature, we kind of look at that same tree, and it dawns on us just how much we are loved by God. So this morning, let's discover the gospel in green and find out what a joy it is for us to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so I invite you to follow along as I read the words of Luke and, and describe for you the joy of that first Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things in her heart and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in a moment of prayer? Let us pray. Lord God, uh, these are words that we have heard over and over again through the years, but today, especially today, we ask that they would speak to us anew and afresh and with new truth, and in doing so, fill us with the light and life and love of Jesus Christ as we pray in his name. Amen. So let me ask a question. Why do you think it is at this time of year that Christians, maybe more than any other people, walk around looking as if they were baptized in vinegar? Why? It does remind me of the story of the good old boy who came from the south and he moved up to the north and he attended this big, fancy, high church in downtown Washington, D.C., this was a church where the ushers wore black tuxes with tails. They wore white gloves. In fact, the bulletin had asterisks in it which said, sneeze here. It was a very formal church. And that country boy, he did the best that he could to try to fit in there. One Sunday, the church had a guest minister, and he was really preaching up a storm. And in the midst of the service, the boy from the south cried out, amen. And usher approached him and said, listen, uh, we're not that kind of a church. The boy said, I'm sorry, it, I just, it just got the best of me in the moment, I won't do it again. A little later, he felt the stirring of the Holy Spirit. After all, it was Christmas, and this preacher was really on a roll. The boy shouted, hallelujah! This time, two ushers came up to him and said, listen, if you do that again, we're going to have to ask you to leave. He said, I'm sorry, I just got the best of me in this moment. Well, you know what happened. That preacher was bringing that sermon in for a big landing and a big finish. And that boy from the south cried out, praise the Lord. This time, three ushers came up and said, okay, buddy, you're out of here. And he pleaded with them. He said, I can't help it. I got religion. And the head usher said back to him, well, you didn't get it here. How sad it is that we actually have to leave church to find our joy in the Lord. Did you know that there are so many people out in the world celebrating Christmas without having any idea of what it is they're actually celebrating? They kind of remind me a little bit of people 
who are passing through a hotel lobby when they hear the sounds of a wedding reception coming from the hotel's grand ballroom. And they peek through the door and they see all these guests having so much fun that they decide that they too want to join in the celebration. They're like wedding crashers. Oh, and they have such a great time. They laugh louder than anyone else at the party. They hang around the punch bowl more than anyone else. And they are the last people out on the floor dancing the night away. But, but... They never meet the couple. They love the party, but they have no interest in the bride and groom's marriage. So let me ask you a question. Do you love Christmas, but have no interest in growing? In a lot of ways, all of us are farmers here at Chestnut Level Presbyterian Church. We are holy horticulturalists and our primary interest should be in growing and helping others one another grow in the Lord how well we we cultivate friendships we weed out unhealthy attitudes we we, we fertilize one another's growth it, it's something that's going to take work it's something that's going to take an effort the shepherds, they were interested in growing on that first Christmas 2,000 years ago. As they were out under that night sky, all of a sudden there was this blast of supernatural light that intersected with their lives. And it says they were terrified. In fact, in the Greek, it's the word megalos. They were filled with mega fear. And yet, in that moment of growth, put there only by the Spirit of God, they said, let's go. He said, let us go now to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place. Now remember, all they had to go on is what the angels had told them. You will find the little baby wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. So they go into town and they're combing the streets in search of this child. And I'm willing to bet that some people were muttering their disapproval of seeing the shepherds come into their town and invade their space and be on their turf. The shepherds hear the cry of a baby coming from the, the Bethlehem livery and stable. They freeze in their tracks. They turn around. They walk in. And these smiling, joyful herdsmen can't believe their eyes as they see two little arms reaching out from a feed trough. And their hearts almost stop because of what this encounter really means. Well, friends, God is still that same accessible God. And His doors are still open to you and me today. And he invites us to come and touch him and to be touched by him. Now, I don't know if there's anything so thrilling in the church of Jesus Christ as when ordinary, everyday people get touched by God. Will Willimon is a Methodist minister. He was the dean of chapel at Duke University. He tells the story of one day receiving a phone call from a very irate father. The caller on the other end of the line exploded, telling Will Willimon furiously, I hold you personally responsible for this. And his father was angry because his graduate school-bound daughter had decided to, in his words, throw it all away and go do mission work in Haiti with the Presbyterian Church. And his father screamed in the phone, isn't that absurd? She has a BS degree in engineering from Duke University. And she's going to go dig ditches in Haiti. And I hold you responsible for this. 
And Will Willimon said, why me? What did I do? He said, well, you, you ingratiated yourself to, and, and filled their mind with all this religious stuff. Well, this went on for a few minutes, and Will Willimon said he just about a, had enough of this father's rantings. And so he said, now, wait a minute, sir. Weren't you the one who had your daughter baptized? Well, well, yeah. And didn't you take her to Sunday school when she was a little girl? Well, yeah. And didn't you allow your daughter to go on those youth group ski trips to, to Colorado when she was in high school? Yeah, but what does that have to do with anything? He said, well, sir, you're the reason she's throwing it all away. You introduced her to Jesus Christ. And all his father could say back weekly was, yeah, but all we wanted was a Presbyterian. <laughs> and Will Willman said, well, sorry, but you've royally messed up. You've gone and made a disciple of Jesus Christ. When ordinary people get touched by God, they can't help but grow into the person that God has called them to be. So are you willing to have your familiar, tidy, comfortable world turned upside down for Christ? Are you willing in this season to let God say something new to you that perhaps you have never heard before? It's not enough to encounter Christ and then just go off and have it be business as usual. It says the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. The fun in a life with Jesus Christ really starts when we are changed. Now, to be fair and to be honest, that does have its challenges. I remember one time standing online at the grocery store and it was taking forever. And you probably know enough about me that I'm not very good about waiting, waiting in traffic, waiting on lines. After all, I'm an important person. I have people to see, places to go, things to do. And so I was growing more and more impatient. And when I finally got to the front of the line, the checkout clerk, he, he knew that I was hopping mad. And so he pointed to the WWJD bracelet that I had around my wrist. And he winked and said, what would Jesus do? I wanted to smack him. Really. And I'm not sure, but I think I may have muttered under my breath, he'd probably go to another store. Um. Well, friends, at the end of our lives, when we stand before God, there's going to be one thing that matters the most. And it won't necessarily be, what would Jesus do? But how much like Jesus was I? In what I did, in who I was, in my integrity, in my inner character. And I have good news for you that I think we all need. It doesn't happen all at once. We, we grow in Christ throughout our lives. We are all a work in progress. Nobody gets microwaved into Christ's likeness. Remember how the Apostle Paul got zapped on the Damascus Road? Well, he didn't just get up, spit the dust out of his mouth, and go off and hold an old-fashioned tent revival meeting. He doesn't say, well, I finally made it. I have reached the pinnacle, the, the spiritual mountaintop. I have arrived. He doesn't say that. He says, I have not yet obtained it or reached the goal, but I press on. I press on 
to make it my own. In my first church in Zunai, Virginia, small rural farm community down in southeastern Virginia, there was a Sunday school class that met together for 50 years. You might be thinking, 50 years, don't they ever get to graduate? And the answer is, not until you pass the final. And we all get to go home. Paul says, I'm still green. I'm still growing. I'm still becoming. I'm still a work in progress. This is the time of year when we tend to ask one another, well, how has your year been? What kind of year has 2021 been for you? I imagine we'd get a variety of answers. Some of you may say, well, it's been a tough year. There are those of you out there who say, it's been a lousy year. There are those of you who will say, we've had financial struggles, we've had family illnesses, family losses, we've had countless problems. Or maybe you are someone who is just dreading the holiday season for different reasons completely. Isn't it interesting that the Bible says that as Christians we are to give thanks in all things? And the reason why I think the Bible says that is because God has his own set of criteria for evaluating a good year. So let me give you God's standards for a good year. When you wonder, what kind of a year has it been? I want you instead to think of it in these terms. Have I grown deeper in my walk with God? Have I grown in my knowledge and love of God? Have I strengthened my ties with the family of God, the church, this church, chestnut level? Have I given myself away in serving others? According to God's standards, you may have had a wonderfully successful year. If those things are true, even in spite of having to have endure trials and difficult circumstances. So you and I can become the people that we've always dreamed of becoming but could never do in our own power if we follow in the footsteps of the one who comes for us at Christmas. In one of uh, C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia books, Lucy is an English schoolgirl. She has not seen Aslan the Great Lion in a very long time. And if you are a reader of C.S. Lewis's Narnia tales, you know that, that Aslan is the representative figure for Jesus Christ. Well, finally, after more than a year, Lucy finally sees Aslan. And Lucy yells, Aslan, you have grown! And the great lion with this wonderful voice says, oh no, my child, you have. And every year you grow, I will seem bigger to you. That's my prayer. That's my hope for all of you. That Jesus Christ will grow bigger for each and every one of you. And so may all of us continue in this process of spiritual growth, the joy of a life in Christ, and may we all experience the miracle of his unconditional love. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. God, we thank you for 
designed for us not to remain stagnant and stale and stuck in the mud, spinning our wheels, but that you desire for us to grow. That you desire for us to to continue to propel forward and upward and a deeper and more meaningful relationship with you. May that manifest itself in all the ways in which you touch us and call us to give of ourselves, whether it be in worship, whether it be in study and prayer, whether it be in mission or in fellowship or in care. Lord, all of us have gifts. All of us have talents. All of us have been touched by you, so may we continue to grow. And Lord, we pray that you would continue to touch the the lives of people in this church. May these ministries that we offer from the very youngest to the very oldest continue to flourish and thrive so that people may grow in their knowledge and love of Jesus Christ and grow in his Christ-likeness. And we ask it and we pray it all in Christ's name. Amen.